No, I know, I don't read what I write. That's that's the editor's problem. Okay. There's my library. And yeah, I have a friend visiting. Good. Okay, we're all going with the library thing. I have Thanks. a friend visiting with your me. friend Keith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everyone. Well, let's go ahead and uh, kick off this wonderful session. And I really appreciate the collaboration uh, with Bobby and also Jim Mason on putting together this series with Hyperledger around blockchain employment. And as everyone on the call should know is really, you know, blockchain jobs are super hot now. And there's a lot going on in the blockchain space as far as enterprise blockchain. And what we really want to do today is talk to you about, you know, all of the great companies that are hiring, uh, especially in the Hyperledger community. And then also we want to talk about, you know, some of the resources that you can tap into, like training that you can get through Ledger Academy, uh, training that you can get through Snapper or the Indian Blockchain Institute, and also, you know, look at what other resources are out there that Hyperledger has to offer that you can tap into and really get up to, you know, up to speed on this great skill set. And so what we're going to do is we're going to kick it off with today's event. And this is hosted by the Denver Meetup Group. And then, of course, we're going to have, you know, three more sessions here where Jim Mason's going to take the lead on the Boston Meetup for the next session. Then, of course, Bobby is going to take the lead for the Princeton Meetup on the third session. And then we're going to wrap it up with a nice job fair, which is going to be on August 26th and uh, really have a you know good wrap up to what we're doing here. So Bobby put up the team here so you can see you know she's taking a good lead on this. She runs Ledger Academy, the giving chain, and she's also really taking a lead on setting up the BC employee website. So you can go out there and look at all the great resources and jobs in addition to you know we're trying to get some additional feeds in the website. Um, Jim Mason, I've talked about myself, and then Naresh Jain, and he's the co-founder of the Snapper Future Tech, and he's also a Hyperledger training partner. So, you know, we're going to have the pleasure of really running into a session here where I have three great guests that I'm going to kick off with, and I've got Eddie Garcia from Accenture. And he's going to talk about all what Accenture is doing in the enterprise blockchain space, as well as some other interesting projects they have going on. We have Daniela from uh, Daniela Barbosa from Hyperledger, and she's going to be talking about all the great things that Hyperledger offers as far as what the job board is all about, and then also what Hyperledger members can post and what they are posting on the website. And then uh, we're also going to have Kaleido and we have Melissa from Kaleido who's going to be presenting about what they're doing in the Hyperledger space. And the great thing that Kaleido is doing now is they're starting up the Hyperledger Firefly in the Hyperledger Labs. And I'd like to have her talk a little bit about, you know, the types of jobs that they're looking for and other internship opportunities that are coming up. So at that point, I think we're going to, you know, go on then. I'm going to turn it over to Bobby. And then she's going to go through and talk about the blockchain environment 
and then also some available jobs and training opportunities. And that's going to be discussed by Naresh Jain. And then as we wrap up, then we're gonna have a Q&A period where we can go in and talk about what's going on in the space and really how to engage with these great uh, speakers that we're gonna have on the panel, as well as tapping into the resources that Bobby set up on the BC Employees uh, website. So at this point, Bobby, if you wanna roll it over to the next slide, I'll kind of get into talking a little bit about our panel here, and then uh, we'll get into the discussions. So I'm gonna go ahead and first talk about uh, Eddie, and Eddie is a skilled technology executive with Accenture, and he's been working on the blockchain team, and he's looking at blending strategic thinking and hands-on technical expertise in the blockchain space. And so he's done a lot of strategic partnerships, multi-million dollar digital transformation programs, globally for a lot of CTOs and CIOs at Fortune 500 companies. So Eddie, thanks for joining us. And then- Pleasure to be here, John. No problem. Then we have Daniela Barbosa and everybody on the call should know Daniela. And she really leads the global worldwide alliances for Hyperledger. And Daniela, feel free to weigh in more on that uh, as far as your expertise. And she's also responsible really for maintaining all the great jobs that are posted with the Hyperledger website and really keeping that up to date and working with all the collaborative Hyperledger members. And then Melissa, she runs uh, human resources for Kaleido and they've got a number of new hires that they're looking to do in the space. And uh, she could talk about you know, opportunities down in the Raleigh-Durham era. And then also things that may be available as far as internships with Kaleido. And then also she can talk a little bit about kind of the blending of, you know, bringing some of the Ethereum platform over into the Hyperledger space. So at this point, I'm gonna kick it off and just, you know, open it up to a few questions here. And the first question I'm gonna ask the panel, and Eddie, I'm gonna start with you, is what is Accenture's progress projection look like for new hires in 2021 and even out into 2022 around what you're doing in the blockchain space? Well, John, thanks so much for inviting me to this uh, exciting event today. And um, really, I, I, I'd like to start with saying um, we've, we've experienced a period of tremendous growth over the past couple of months uh, as a result of um, you know, the pandemic. And I think a lot of businesses realizing that they need to collaborate more with each other, right? That um, it, having a strong ecosystem is becoming something really important. And of course, blockchain is sort of at the center of that to enable you know, data sharing between different, different companies. In terms of um, our team, uh, we're roughly around uh, a little bit over 100 people now globally. Um, and that's across a number of areas, blockchain being one. Uh, we also have quantum and extended reality, and that's part of our technology incubation groups at Accenture. Um, and for the remainder of the year, we are looking at having at least uh, 53 
positions open specifically in blockchain around the world, um, out of which we have uh, a good number of them in Asia and Europe, uh, but also in the US and Canada. And those roles are spread across a number of uh, different roles that we have that I'm happy to talk more about. Perfect. And then uh, Daniela, I'll go to you next, but a little bit different uh, take on that is, you know, since you are in touch with all the Hyperledger members and really, you know, can see what's coming through the pipeline, what does it look like from your perspective of Hyperledger members uh, looking for new hires uh, this year and next? So I think it's a combination and certainly I'll, I'll speak on behalf of the members because the members do come to us very often and say, you know, we have these open positions and, you know, they want access to the top talent first and, you know, through the Hyperledger community, they can have access to that. We have job boards, but I think overall, and I've been, you know, I've been here at Hyperledger, it's going to go on four years and I've been, I've had a LinkedIn search as well as a search for other, uh, in other um, job boards for just the term Hyperledger. Um, to see which companies are hiring. Um, and I continue to see more and more companies across the board, uh, financial services, um, very much so. Um, people hiring for identity specific, um, you know, use cases, uh, more and more so. So like, and we'll talk a little bit about how we here at Hyperledger and our community help kind of educate the market and get um, everybody here um, prepared to go, to go and do these jobs. Um, so I think that we will continue seeing it. One of the things, John, that when you started, you said about, you know, people are hiring for Hyperledger, you know, for Hyperledger projects. I actually recently had a conversation with somebody who was a certified fabric uh, administrator. There was an administrator um, and they got a really good job um, doing a different protocol. And that other protocol, and it was a public, you know, a public uh, uh, um, blockchain project, uh, was looking for talent that had enterprise experience. Um, and they knew that if somebody had already had experience with Hyperledger, that they probably had experience with enterprise use cases in blockchain. Now, I do not recommend that everybody go work for these public <laughs> blockchain companies, mind you. But I think it's important to understand that the skills that people are gaining um, with Hyperledger, um, those are skills that really extend beyond just Hyperledger jobs or blockchain jobs, um, because it's becoming core of enterprise blockchain and in, in, I'm sure um, Eduardo and Sofia would probably echo that as they work with enterprise customers as well. So I think, you know, overall, what we're seeing is we, we're seeing a steady uh, um, need for enterprise blockchain uh, um, experiences. Um, we are starting to see people ask for certified administrators. Um, and you know, with the certification program, we could talk about that a little bit later. Um, and then we do see people hired from our community, whether it's our special interest groups or our working groups, or you know, even these meetup committees where people show up in person. I know it was a great way to recruit talent, right? You, many of the companies yeah. would go to these meetups and they would 
meet one another and they would recruit the people that were working with the technology that were working in the community to go work for them. Um, you know, it's a little bit harder virtually, but I think that, you know, f- you know, the work that you, John and Bobby and the rest of the meetup community has done um, has um, facilitated that. And we hope that soon we'll also get back in person um, to help with those recruiting effort. Um, and we'll talk, you know, I'm happy to talk a little bit about uh, kind of how we also work with academics. We're seeing more and more academic programs have have Hyperledger and you know enterprise blockchain or permission blockchain um, courses, um, and that just builds the the talent, right? The next talent uh, that's coming into these organizations. Um, so yeah, more than happy to share uh, additional things on that front. Yeah, and I'll echo exactly what you're saying there, Danielle. Is I do a lot of work with the university system in Colorado, and definitely Hyperledger is always a part of the core curriculum for any student coming up learning blockchain. So I would say definitely the university system is very much on board with training Hyperledger. And then also the special interest groups that you mentioned are really a wealth of talent. And you know when you engage with any one of the special interest groups, let's just say like you're in one with uh, identity, you talked about identity management, you know that's really gonna be your top talent that's actively engaged in the community and really talking about, you know, improvements to any project that they're working on within the special interest group. So that's great advice. And I really think that, like you say, there's a lot of blockchain enterprise use cases, public or private, where they really want that hyperledger skill set to be able to say, yeah, you understand enterprise blockchain, and we want to, you know, have you lead our project for our enterprise, which is great. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Uh, and then let's go to Melissa also. And so Melissa, uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you're doing in Raleigh-Durham, and then also maybe even mention what you're looking at as far as some internships or other open positions that you're looking for. Sure, sure. Thank you, John. Yeah, thanks, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. So, yeah, Kaleido, we are are located here in Raleigh, North Carolina, in downtown Raleigh. So I have a little picture of it behind me. Uh, It's actually a lot different looking. Uh, We have a lot of cranes going up, so lots of buildings being built, lots of uh, larger organizations uh, setting up ground here as well. So super exciting time for the area. Um, But yeah, for us, we started out as uh, part of Consensus, and then uh, they have like a VC studio type model. And so the goal is you don't stay a part of Consensus forever that you graduate. And so we graduated from Consensus last year in April of 2020. So today we're at about 25 people and, um, you know, looking to, to double here in the next year or even quadruple at that point. So Super exciting times for us. A lot going on in the enterprise blockchain space, as you've all mentioned. And uh, yeah, always love to, you know, hashtag on my LinkedIn post, Hyperledger, <laughs> oh, whatever it takes to get someone's attention. Um, yeah, but we're, we're super excited about, uh, you know, just the growth that's happening in the, in the space. It's really exciting times. Yeah, and that's perfect, Melissa. And I'll say another great thing is, you know, I'm always excited when there's new Hyperledger projects coming online. And so Kaleido has been instrumental in Hyperledger Firefly. And I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to help. And we're going to host a meetup around Firefly 
coming up here just because, you know, anytime there's a new labs project, we want to get the word out. So thanks for joining us, Melissa. Yeah. really appreciate it. Uh-huh. Okay, and then the other one is uh, talking about the skills for new hires. And, you know, I know Accenture has done a lot around Hyperledger Fabric, Digital Twins, and CBDC uh, implementations. So, Eddie, would you like to kind of talk about kind of the core skill sets that you're looking for in these new hires that you're looking to bring on? Yeah, I'm happy to do so. And, and actually, I'd like to provide a little bit of the industry context just to explain, you know, why are we looking for, you know, these specific skill sets and um, piggyback off of what was said earlier. So um, there's three key areas that we're focusing on. Um, of course, Accenture being mostly focused in the enterprise space. So certainly the, the private kind of permission area of blockchain, not so much the public space. Um, but it's really around three areas. It's digital identity, it's supply chain, and also financial infrastructure. And, and as I was mentioning earlier, a lot of the growth is driven uh, post-pandemic because of the need of different businesses to collaborate with each other. I think many of us saw you know, what happened during the pandemic to um, supply chains and the disruption that the pandemic brought there and the need really to drive um, you know, traceability and, and other types of use cases in that space. Uh, so that is sort of the context behind um, you know, our, the demand that we see in supply chain. Um, in the digital identity space, um, certainly a lot of growth there. There had been a number of initiatives already going on pre-pandemic uh, with different organizations at a global level, like the World Economic Forum and so on. But I think, you know, as a result of the pandemic, we're seeing um, a lot of demand for, you know, digital identity and um, these different passport solutions and credentialing and verification and so on. So that's definitely another trend there. And then when it comes to financial infrastructure, that being one of the areas that has been more mature, if you will, in terms of growth, certainly a lot of activity prior to the pandemic. And um, through and after the pandemic, we're seeing uh, a lot of activity around CBDC, which is central bank digital currency, uh, as well as other sort of core financial infrastructure use cases that are being driven in the enterprise um, space. So that's sort of the, the industry context. Um, and then in terms of what we're looking for, we do have a number of roles open. Um, there, there's some roles that are a little bit more sales and, and solutioning oriented. There are some roles that are more around delivery. So being on you know, engagements that of course are transformative in nature and having a role there, whether it be um, sort of as a functional person trying to figure out what the use case is, what the requirements are, um, and sort of mapping uh, the solutions to that and translating ultimately what the client wants into something that, that is actionable. There's also more technical roles that are also delivery oriented um, in where you know, we're looking for people with a software engineering background or a technical architecture background um, and of course, you know, preferably experience in one um, enterprise blockchain platform. Obviously, Hyperledger has many, so that would be that would be preferable as well. Um, and then we also have these uh, what we call offering roles, which are more around the development of um, solutions, products, um, things, of course, that Accenture is doing to help differentiate ourselves in the market. Um, so we do have a number of roles there that are focused on a specific area, like it could be 
for example, supply chain, or it could be digital identity, and it could be around developing offerings and solutions around that space. So that's a little bit of the of the context, um, and I'm happy to dive deeper into any area, John, you know, if you'd like. Yeah, I think definitely we're going to open this up for Q and A uh, when we continue, Eduardo. But uh, right now, I'm going to just shift over to Daniela and just see what she thinks as far as having more of an overarching view of the Hyperledger members. And I think Eddie really. Uh, focused on a lot of the things that Accenture is doing in the space. And maybe you can highlight anything that you're seeing that, you know, is in line with what Eddie was talking about, or even new things that the members are looking for as far as skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I echo Ed Eduardo's uh, um, point on, uh, on, you know, I, I always think about how I would love to be a 20 year old uh analyst at you know the banks right now financial analyst I, I worked at Dow Jones for 17 years so uh, kind of um, my background is in financial services but I think anything around you know tokenization cross-border payments anyone that has experience in financial services if they can take some time to understand how blockchain is enabling a new way of financial services to operate um, would be extremely, extremely valuable. And the same thing with identity. And if you look at you know, the job postings that are currently on the Hyperledger job board, which is uh, our members get to post jobs that are available, you know, there's jobs really across the board. We see people, you know, they're not necessarily looking for blockchain engineers sometimes, but they're looking, for example, for security development ops people, right? Because the bottom line is you don't just, you know, hey, I have a blockchain solution and all I need is blockchain developers. That's not the case, right? These are enterprise systems. They need to integrate. They need to interoperate with other systems um, within enterprises and across, you know, different uh, networks. And so people need to have some core skills around security, around testing. Uh, you know, these these things before they go into production have to be tested. If you're a QA expert, for example, and you've been doing QA testing even in financial services or in healthcare, um, if you know regulatory requirements in some of these industries, uh, from, you know, obviously, if you uh, have been working in the federal sector, if you have been working in financial services, once again, or healthcare, um, these are all telecom, these are all skills that you can take and then apply them to blockchain related projects or uh, uh, work. So, you know, when, when um, and usually it's myself or our team uh, approve jobs, um, you know, they have to be blockchain related jobs, but very often these are firms that need, uh, um, need talent who understand the principles of blockchain or want to understand, um, but are also, um, experts and, and other elements. So, you know, one of the things I would love for the audience to take away is, you know, many of you are in different stages of your career. Um, some of you maybe are just out of college or just about to leave college or get, you know, a master's program. Um, some of you have been in the enterprise space for a long, long time. There is opportunities for everyone that wants to take that leap into understanding how decentralized technologies is going to really affect cross, you know, cross, cross functions. Um, so um, we see senior positions. We continue seeing positions right now on the Hyperledger job board. Obviously, Accenture has uh, a link to their 80, what is it, Eduardo, 80 plus positions? Um, yeah. <laughs> 60, I don't know. No, no, 50. 
53. Right, anyway, it's a, it's a good number. Lots of them. Yeah. But, you know, there's a, a principal member of the technical staff for Oracle. Uh, consensus is hiring project leads and project engineering um, and performance. Um, so there's a lot of roles in all different skill sets um, that are available. And those are just the ones that our members decide to post on Hyperledger because they want access to the top talent um, that people can do. So, you know, if you think about what you want to do or what skill sets you currently have that you want to apply to your future career, um, that's the best way to approach it. Don't try to be like, I have to start a blank slate and become a blockchain developer um, because that's not what the industry is really looking for. They're looking for people who have the skill sets um, that uh, can be applied uh, to, 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 to these projects. And John, if I may, I'd like to just add to what Daniela was saying. I, I think the other, an, another thought here is to think about what type of role do you want to have? Do you want to be in a, in a delivery role where you are, you know, working with a client and, and building something for a client? Or are you more interested in building a product or a solution that's sort of more internally facing? Or are you more interested in sales, right? I think having an understanding of, you know, what path you want to take definitely helps um, because the, the skill sets are, there's definitely some core skills like what Danielle mentioned, but there's also some additional skills depending on, you know, what path you want to take, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, Eddie. And I would say that echoes what Danielle and you are talking about is, you know, you don't have to be a blockchain hyperledger fabric core developer to have a role in the blockchain space. And, you know, having these other adjacent skills that Daniela mentioned is super helpful. And then also, you know, there's going to be other needs for, you know, maybe business analysts or other types of roles that are going to be critical to any company like Accenture being able to fulfill on the client needs. So it makes perfect sense to me. And I think it should make perfect sense to the audience as well. So uh, also, Melissa, I want to get your take on, you know, what Kaleido is looking for as far as skill set and where do you see opportunities within the enterprise blockchain space as far as anyone joining the call today that would like a job with a great company like Kaleido. Yes, thank you. Um, a lot of what Daniela said, I mean, we're looking for senior engineers right now. You know, we're still pretty small and uh, growing. So uh, we really need that senior skill set. And, uh, you know, people having Hyperledger and Fabric and those kinds of uh, backgrounds, that's helpful, but it's not, I'm really focused on the, the languages that they have and their skill set. And that definitely makes it a differentiator for us. Uh, but people, you know, there's just not a lot of folks, especially in the area that uh, would have those skill sets just yet, but have that strong interest in wanting to work in blockchain. So we really focus on, you know, for the senior engineer, like uh, Golang, Node.js, Java, um, and then also when I first started at Kaleido um, a little over or almost three years ago, we, we had it differentiated with full stack and uh, front end and back end. And then kind of as we've grown, we've really just more focused on having full stack engineers as well instead of uh, just, you know, front end and back end. So we found that full stack works a lot better for us. But um, yeah, just okay. the, the senior people. <laughs> Okay, yeah, if great. I can echo what Melissa yeah. was saying too, from a te from a te technical standpoint, definitely full stack engineers, you know, uh, 
definitely have all the skills right from what it what it takes to do something like this and then of course having experience in at least one um platform definitely helps differentiate right um when it comes to evaluating different candidates and so on uh and that's from a software engineering background of course there's also a strong need for technical architects as well um and and just echoing what was said earlier right even if you're building something, you still need to integrate it with the rest of the client's uh, enterprise systems. So definitely having a, you know, a technical architect type of background is also a, a nice differentiator and also a, a, a career path all, all on its own. Um, so I just wanted to add that as well. Yeah, that's great, Eddie. Thanks for uh, bringing that in. And Melissa, I appreciate you kind of going over some of the core programming languages that are relevant to you know full stack developers in the blockchain space. Uh, so next question I'm gonna have for you is around kind of the internship or mentorship type opportunities. And we may have people on the call, you know, that are great full stack developers, or they may be, you know, let's say newly graduated students looking for opportunities. So maybe uh, Eddie, I'll start with you and just kind of talk about what Accenture offers for kind of onboarding, I'm gonna say the newly graduated uh, students or people that maybe have a background in software development, but not specifically in blockchain and, and how they would get engaged with Accenture. Certainly, John. Um, and, and there's actually two big programs that I wanna talk about today. And, and the good news is that when we talk about this, it's all at a global scale. So. I'm not sure exactly where, where people are joining from today, but, but certainly with Accenture, there's global opportunities. So that makes it even more exciting. Um, the first thing I wanna talk about is our summer program, summer analyst program. So we do have a pretty, pretty mature, well-established program for new graduates that are looking for a summer internship. Um, and that program is actually currently underway. And of course it's seasonal. Uh, and again, at a global scale. So um, I'll post some links um, on the chat in case anybody's interested and they wanna look at what type of roles are available. Um, there's a variety of different paths in that summer um, analyst program. There's a more technical path. There's a more sort of management consulting path. Uh, there's corporate functions. I mean, there's a number of areas. Um, and it of course gives people an opportunity to be involved with our team and of course do amazing uh, work in the blockchain space. Um, that's our summer um, analyst program. We also have a what's called a skills, skills to succeed program, which is part of our corporate citizenship um, efforts at Accenture. And this is really about giving people opportunities, for example, apprenticeship opportunities or uh, people who are looking to reskill, right? Um, there's been a lot of changes in the job uh, market as a result of the pandemic. And then of course, as technology becomes more mature, there's a continuous shift of skills um, that happens. So Accenture wants to make sure that we are um, having an opportunity to help people uh, sort of uh, gain new skills that are going to help them be competitive as the job market evolves. Um, and how we do that is through a number of partnerships with nonprofit organizations that we work with, like for example, um, Girls Who Code or America on Tech. There's a number of um, organizations out there that we partner with. Um, and then through them, we have opportunities to then allow uh, people to come in and work on projects 
develop new skills um, and really have that full experience that Accenture um, brings to the table. And I'm happy to share some, some links there if anybody's interested and you wanna learn more about that. Yeah, that's perfect, Eddie. And I think that is a lot of uh, wonderful resources there. And I think that this session is really about getting people engaged. So whatever you can share via the chat and we can do a follow-up with, that'd be great. Uh, and then Daniela, you have a great perspective, both from, you know, I know Hyperledger has had some internal internships before, mm -hmm. and then also with the members. So maybe you can talk about both of those. Um, sure. That'd be great. Yeah, so I, you know, I think from a member perspective, uh, programs like Eduardo talked about, where you know they have uh, consistent internships that they offer. Um, we have Hyperledger mentorship program, um, and I'll put, post a link on there, and I'm sure uh, Bobby and the rest of the team will uh, post it if if it's not already on the uh, on the website. Um, we have an annual uh, mentorship or internship program that we fund where, uh, and it's a, it's a great program because what we're trying to do is we're trying to match um, requirements within the projects so the hyperledger projects themselves. So let's say, you know, somebody that is working a maintainer and a contributor to Hyperledger Cactus, um, and they have a specific thing that they want to build out for Cactus. And what they do is they put together a pro, you know, a, an application basically for being a mentor um, to a for a development project. This is important because um, it is hard to become an open source developer. There is no doubt about it. So as these people are coming in, they're out of college or just in the process of finishing up, um, they want to learn how do they participate? How do they contribute to open source projects? They get a mentor. It's not just, you know, you get a job, you know, it's a paid mentorship, um, but you get a project assignment for the time period that you're a mentor. You get an assigned ment uh, mentor and a mentee. Um, and they actually create code or documentation. Uh, and Bobby, maybe you can talk a little bit about, I know that you have um, uh, an internship right now or a mentorship program that you're sponsoring as a mentor. And it's really important because it's hands-on and it's important for us. And this is the reason we fund this is because A, it gets work done, right? It gets actual code. Um, and projects, some of them are really way out of here. So we have um, this year, we have um, some projects uh, around climate action. So the climate action special interest group put together a request for being uh, for a mentorship um, and they now have somebody writing code for a, a pro, you know a, a specific thing coming out of a client. So Bobby, I'll, I'll pass it over to you because I know you've been very involved in the Hyperledger mentorship program uh, to talk a little bit about what you've been doing, what you're seeing and how you know, folks on the line might be participating in next year's program, which uh, will open up in the uh, in this in the spring, I guess, in the spring of next year. Well, thank you, Danielle, and thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. uh, well, for me, um, the Learning Materials Working Group is a volunteer working group that Hyperledger supports, and we meet every two weeks. Um, the first goal we have is to try to educate um, newcomers on to how to get involved in the community and what's going on in the community. And through that, through the meetups um, in 2019, uh, we did a social impact project um, with the Hyperledger Sawtooth blockchain to just track local charity uh, giving models so that it was decentralized and it was a very successful project, but it was only a proof of concept, meaning that um, the blockchain we, we spun up 
as soon as the project was over and the computer shut down, so did the project. So the people at Hyperledger liked the idea and we applied it to the mentorship program. And now this summer, I have a mentee, we have teams forming, there'll be information at the end of the presentation if you wanna get involved, because we're just starting. And we're going to do that giving chain project again, this time hopefully building it out so that it will be available for disaster relief and organizations like the Red Cross or whoever may need an infrastructure for charity giving or disaster relief. So it was really beneficial. And I know the Learning Materials Working Group also started another mentorship on um, just mapping out learning opportunities for blockchain. Um, so again, the special interest groups and the working groups, they look at the technology, come up with sector related great ideas, and then the Hyperledger folks support us and let us build it out. So it's a wonderful mentorship program. Yeah, that's perfect, Bobby. And you've been involved in a lot of those great internships for a number of years now. And if you could maybe post about the giving chain in the chat, that'd be wonderful as well. Oh, I have a slide. <laughs> okay, great. I'll, I'll let you uh, do the whole thing once we wrap up here. Okay, sure. great. Uh, and then Melissa, maybe you want to talk a little bit about what's going on in uh, Raleigh-Durham and what Kaleido's doing? Yes, um, so we have internships as well. So um, I don't have any posted right now, but a uh, few of the folks that we've hired for our internships, they were just people that reached out to me and they had a very interesting background and you know, willingness to learn blockchain and to jump in at a startup. I mean, it's a very, it's a very different uh, you know, field than, than uh, you know, one of your larger organizations. So we try to have it uh, you know, where they do have like a kind of a, a planned steps and everything, but as a startup, uh, Huh? Oh, it looks Guillermo like someone it. came off mute. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he was excited about your great I opportunities. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, and, you know, for us, for our internships, I mean, yeah, you jump in and you start coding and, and those kinds of things, you know, you really can have an impact uh, on our team. And then usually, you know, the goal for us is really to, to eventually, you know, hire, hire our interns. So now we've got, you know, a developer that's maybe been working with us over the summer, maybe two summers or their summer, and then, you know, into the fall, and then they graduate that fall. And then, you know, they've got their full-time job with us. So, um, and we also do, you know, business interns as well. So we've got just a lot of uh, roles, uh, you know, where we just need help on the marketing side for just, uh, you know, in the business area for us too. So we're, we do hire those roles. I don't typically post them just because I'm out and about in the community, um, you know, used to be able to do meetups in person, but now, you know, the schools have done a lot of vir good virtual events. And right here in Raleigh and Durham, we have, you know, NC State, Duke, UNC Chapel Hill. So We've got a lot of schools right here around us with some great computer science uh, schools. <laughs> yeah, and if they want to join in on Hyperledger with the Firefly project, yes. that'd be another good way to engage with the Kaleido community and really, you know, get to know the people that are involved in the project. Exactly. Yeah, we're super excited about that, as you know. <laughs> yeah, no, and we're super excited to... Uh, <laughs> you know, get the word out about it. And, you know, with a brand new project, it's always fun to, you know, see it take off. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
Okay, I'm going to go into my final question here. And then, uh, Bobby, if it's okay with you, I'll open it up for just a couple of Q&A, and then we'll uh, segue into your portion of the presentation. Does that work? Perfect. Okay, great. Uh, so let's talk about contact information. And I think, Eddie, you've done a great job of posting a lot of stuff in the chat, and I really appreciate it. Is there any specific... Uh, person or email or any other thing that you would recommend that people look toward when they want to reach out to Accenture around the available blockchain jobs? Thanks. Um, so yeah, definitely all the links I shared would have kind of the latest and greatest information. If anybody, you know, wants to reach out to me through LinkedIn as well, you know, that's, that's another channel. Um, but, but really everything that we have is, is, posted on those links. So definitely look out for new roles opening up. Um, and I'm happy to, you know, connect with anybody offline as well. Perfect. And then Daniela, maybe, you know, I go back to you have kind of two mm -hmm. perspectives here is one is getting involved with the Hyperledger internship. And mm -hmm. then also let's say that someone is interested in another Hyperledger member that's maybe hiring. What advice would you have for them to you know, get engaged and figure out the right contact. Sure. So I, I posted our job board, um, which once again is our members come to us and they say, we're looking for talent. Um, can you help, um, uh, you know, advertise these open positions? And what we do with that is we put it into, for example, our newsletter. It goes out to about 38,000 uh, subscribers um, and we'll include that. We'll use social media. So whether Twitter or LinkedIn to post uh, these job openings for our members. So if any of you on the phone are member companies, uh, please do reach out um, and submit your positions because we'd love to help uh, promote them um, as well. Um, you know, as I started off um, the, the, the talk today or the, my comments today, um, really it's people like yourselves, John, Bobby, and others here on the phone who are um, you know, committed to um, contributing to the, the community. Um, we encourage people who are chairs of our SIGs or contributors to um, different uh, working groups or SIGs to advertise that also in LinkedIn. Um, and if you feel uncomfortable or you don't know how, reach out to us um, and you can just send uh, info at hyperledger.org um, or contact David Boswell, who's on the phone here, as well as myself um, and say, you know, I, I, I've been doing this for Hyperledger. How do I, you know, advertise that in my LinkedIn profile so that I can get, you know, further, um, further um notification that I'm working with the project. And we're happy to do that. Uh, there's some certifications. I put some of the training and certifications. Obviously, if you finish those courses, you get a certificate or you get a badge that you can put on your LinkedIn account. But ultimately, if you are contributing and you're participating, we can help you um, on uh, how do you tell your future employer um, that you're hiring and if you are uh, that you're you're looking for a job and if you're hiring how do you tell your future employee that you would like to uh, access them so um, I'll go ahead and put my email address on here and anybody who wants to reach out and you know have a chat about how do I go about being more up in front you know on the hyperledger community uh, we can help you with that um, we're nothing without you all so <laughs> we want to make sure that everybody's successful yeah, that's wonderful, Danielle. And I know that there's been some exploration about the badges, mm -hmm. which really kind of goes to that whole, you know, certification and engagement in the community. 
And I think that, you know, anyone on this call who really wants to, you know, promote that they're engaged in the community or have acquired the various skill sets, like let's say certified Hyperledger Fabric Administrator, mm -hmm. then, uh, you know, definitely go after those credentials. Uh, then also I'd like to get uh, Melissa's take on this and just, you know, I know that you're responsible for human resources at Kaleido, uh, but I'm sure everyone would love to have your contact information and or, you know, tell them how they can get engaged with Kaleido if they're interested in joining the team. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I'm out there on LinkedIn, Melissa Crosby. I'll put my email in here, but it's melissa.crosby at kaleido.io. So, and if you start thinking, how do you spell Kaleido? Just think about Kaleidoscope. So then you'll get it. <laughs> um, but we have, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, if you want to see just some, some employee uh, things that we've done, you know, we try to, since we are a smaller team, we're able to kind of get out and about and uh, just go. for the summer here, we just went to a local lake and we have uh, paddle boards and just did some fun things, uh, you know, with everyone's families and we'll do holiday parties once we can do that again. And uh, right now with COVID, you know, we're, we're coming back into the office uh, just two days a week. Um, and then kind of as numbers continue to climb, you know, we'll, we'll look how that continues to go. So, but uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun team. And I'll put my email in here too for you. Perfect. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's just take a couple of minutes here for Q&A. And then if anyone uh, has a desire to follow up with any of our panelists today, they've already put their contact information in there. And, you know, there are a wealth of resource and opportunity if you're interested in engaging. So uh, if you wanna do that, I don't know, maybe take yourself off of mute and just ask the question and then uh, we'll have the panelists address it. And if it's for an individual panelist, just highlight that when you come off mute. And if we don't have any questions, then uh, I'm glad to turn it over to Bobby because I know she has a full agenda and I've probably taken more time away from her agenda than I should. So let's just go ahead and segue at this point to Bobby and uh, she can take it away from here. Great, thank you. And thank you, John, for hosting today. Um, we really appreciate all the work you've done to get this off the ground and all the work you do for Hyperledger for the meetups, um, yep. just testing out the software and all the stuff you do. Um, so I'm Bobby Mascara, and I'm the uh, chair or co-chair with Alfonso, um, who is also on the call, of the Learning Materials Working Group. And what we try to do, again, is we try to make it really easy for the community to engage in Hyperledger's um, entire community, whether you're a developer. Um, one job that nobody mentioned that's one of my new favorites is community builder because blockchains are based on communities. And if you don't have a strong community, you don't have a blockchain. So um, social butterflies like me have great jobs as community builders. Um, so that's something that I uh, personally enjoy uh, myself. So I'm gonna get started with a little bit about what blockchain environment is and how we got here. So the first thing is like, what is blockchain? So everybody basically knows it's a peer-to-peer -peer system um, and you now direct or transact directly with the person um, instead of using intermediaries. Um, and I'm gonna do these this quick because 
again, if there are no transactions, there are no blockchains. They're basically ledgers that keep track just like any other accounting ledger or um, book of records doesn't have to be uh, uh, transactional based, but it, it tends to in a lot of the um, blockchains have um, transactional basis for their um, entries. So the difference between um, the older type accounting systems and this new accounting system is it's decentralized. So there's not one person in charge of it. Um, everyone agrees to what's in this ledger. Um, and once that's agreed upon, thanks to math and cryptography, um, it can't be changed. So all of the sudden blockchain systems have this trust that never was around in business before because you don't have to rely on one person's version of something. You can rely on the truth because you know it's the truth because everybody agreed it was the truth when it was um, put into the blockchain. So again, the big difference between blockchain and, um, models and the old models is there's not one CEO, there's not one president, there's not one person in charge. Decisions are made um, decentralized and by group consensus. Um, so consensus does drive these new models and it gives you trust. So how did we get here? How is this new technology new? Like, where did it come from? Was it under a rock and somebody picked a rock up and said, oh, look, I have new technology. Um, actually, it was around for really, pieces were around for a really long time. Um, so first piece was, we had to communicate with each other and send files. So back in the 70s, um, DARPA, which is the defense agency, decided that they wanted to try to send information from one place to another. Um, and they did it with a test at UCLA and um, I guess at Syracuse or not. Um, I'm not sure what that college is. <laughs> I should have looked at the, the thing. It was another California college. Um, and they actually were successful in sending it. And the way they sent it was through this TCIP protocol. And that has become the basis for the internet today. Um, that protocol, along with um, hyperlinked documents, which becomes um, HTTP, which is how we send all our internet and web documents, um, basically became the World Wide Web. Um, and the birth of the World Wide Web is similar to the birth of blockchain right now. It's often been compared because there's all this new technology and all these companies wanting to um, capitalize on it, but nobody really knows really where we're going and how we're going to get there. So a lot of people are worried about the dot-com bubble coming back. And that was just this new internet technology Everybody wanted to start a business, but nobody really knew what that business should look like. Um, so the characteristics was um, a lot of new applications came out. The first one was email. All of the information on the web at this point was sent to you. It was pushed to you by an administrator um, and it was all managed by a central authority. It was pushed to the users. And then again, email was the first um, killer app for this. And basically what email did was the first time we transferred information electronically. Before that, if you wanted to mail something, you had to go to UPS or FedEx or the United States Post Office um, to get your documents uh, or a courier to get them transferred to where you need to be. This technology, now you didn't need to do that. And when this first came out, 
people didn't realize how email was going to become such a part of our lives. When it first came out, people were like, oh, email, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. Now, I don't think anybody can live without having an email um, somehow in their life. Um, also, this is the key because now all of a sudden computer connections in households started to become very important. Um, technology started to advance, so no longer like the floppy disks, you know, have uh, mediums that could hold terabytes of information. Uh, you had internet speeds that were just crazy fast compared to what, I mean, I don't know if anybody remembers America Online connecting with that horrible sound that you had to listen to for the first few seconds. I still hear that in my sleep sometimes. Um, but again, all these companies were attempting to cash in on this new technology. First one that came up with an actual business case was Netscape, and that was the first commercial web browser. So that was finally, now everybody can use this new technology. Um, and then the information changed with that. And we started to move towards the, uh, the internet of information where it was going to be exchanged back and forth. Um, and some of the, and they call this phase web two. Um, and this was new forms came out where um, not only were you able to read information but you were able to give information back into the these systems. Um, again, content was still from administrators and there was still a central authority. Um, and that was a dupe. But now we were able to share our information back. And boy, did we give our information away at a frenzied pace. It was like we couldn't give it away quick enough. We didn't care what they were doing with it, how it was being used, or that it was our information actually, not theirs. Um, and it became very siloed and very um, monetized by other people. And it's still our information. Um, so America Online, Facebook, Google, uh, Wikipedia. You know, Wikipedia was interesting. It was the first time you could build a dictionary. Everyone could put in their definition and decide what it should be. Um, and that's like kind of like a, a precursor of what's happening today. So all of these companies now were born and taking our, or they weren't taking it, we were just giving it to them. So a hint of things to come, we're gonna talk about two use cases with music sharing. The first one was BitTorrent. So BitTorrent went out there and they got music to share and everybody, they connected people's computers that had music files. And what they did was they broke them into little packets so that when somebody called up, used the protocol, you had to download the protocol, when you use the protocol to find a song, it would build the song for you and, and deliver it to you. Um, another use case was Napster. Now what Napster did was they, as a central authority, indexed all the music that was stored on everybody's computer and that you would go to the index to find the file. Well, obviously musicians were like, hold it, wait a minute, this is our music and we're not giving it away to you we need this stuff shut down. So the legal uh, community agreed with them and went to these people and said, turn yourselves off. This is not legal, this is not fair. Well, with uh, Napster, it was easy. They just took the index down and no one could find anything um, when they were using the protocol. But they never could turn off BitTorrent because it wasn't centralized anywhere. It was stored on everybody's computer. And this is like the first look at what a decentralized system can be. 
granted, there was no guarantee any music file you got was the music file you wanted. It could have be, you could ask for one song and get another song or get a different version of the song. So there was no reliability in the system, but it couldn't be turned down either. Um, both of these companies are still working today. There's links to their uh, websites uh, with a different business model, but they still both run um, and music share fairly. So that's kind of where we're moving towards Web3 now, which is where we're entering. Um, and this is interesting because just like back when we were talking about sharing information in email and how, oh, I don't know if we're gonna do that. Now we're at the same turning point, but with value. We have now figured out how the internet can transfer value safely. Um, again, safely is a key word. We've only be, always been able to transfer value on the internet. It just wasn't accurate or safe or reliable or the systems were centralized with American Express or MasterCard. Um, so some of the um, characteristics of this is the communities involved in building these websites or these communities. Um, and the systems are intelligent. They can run blockchain technologies such as smart contracts. They can uh, learn um, patterns and make predictions based on those patterns now. Um, and artificial intelligence is you know, just a whole new aspect of um, how that information can be applied. Um, and what we're trying to do, I guess, with Web3 is we realize that our information is ours and it shouldn't be siloed and, and owned by other people. It should be owned by us. Um, and so we're trying to break the silos with new internet um, identification models, um, the trust triangle where there's verifiers and holders of assetations and how they're going to transact. There's so many new business models coming out from this. So basically, to clarify something very quickly, uh, blockchain's not Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoins are the product of a, the Bitcoin network. Um, it's a digital currency, and you can only exchange Bitcoin on the Bitcoin net network. Um, it was a decentralized system created by um, a, an unknown gentleman named Sataki Nagamoto in a white paper in 2009. So if anybody says they 13 years blockchain experience, they don't. <laughs> they could only have 12 because that's how new this technology is. Um, so it's a you created Bitcoin and Ripple from the same IP address. Continue. <laughs> so it's a decentralized payment system. And it, no coincidence, it came out right around the bank failures um, and when they needed to be uh, bailed out by governments. Um, so its purpose was to uh, be a currency, a medium for exchange, a store of value over time, and accepted accepted is a key word, measure of worth. So right now we have fiat currency, and that's issued from the government. Um, it's not backed by any commodity other than the government say so. Um, it only has value because the citizens of that government or the citizens of that country believe it has value. Um, and apart from governments, central authorities or central banks, control your money, like they tell you what you have, like credit cards or your bank account. Um, they all hold and control your money for you. Um, cryptocurrencies, again, this is a new way to look at that. Um, Bitcoin is a public blockchain where you need a Bitcoin wallet, um, which is a downloadable thing on your phone. And with that wallet, you can send and receive Bitcoin. 
um, you own it and it can be proved by math. Um, that's basically, instead of the government saying it has value, you can prove that it has value um, through blockchain networks, cryptography, and the public and private key pairs, which is not something we're gonna get into. Um, but we'll offer classes at the end for you to take if you wanna learn more. So now basically it's entrusting you with your keys and your value, your um, worth, whether it's in cryptocurrencies or whatever, but you are now responsible for it as opposed to a central figure. So this is what we call the decentralized future. Um, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are like the first killer app for this new web three, but there's going to be much more um, there's different types of blockchains, private blockchains like Hyperledger permission their users. Um, so they don't really have a cryptocurrency running on it. They can exchange value through tokenized uh, tokenization, um, but they don't actually run a cryptocurrency because consensus is derived from uh, the permissioning process rather than um, the consensus um, mining process. And again, blockchain can now transfer anything. It just doesn't have to be the value. Um, it can be uh, artwork. It can be uh, moments in time in NFTs now. Um, there's all types of new business models that are coming out. So you have Bitcoin and there's also other public blockchains like Ethereum. Ethereum's not only a crypto asset as if you call Bitcoin can transfer value like a calculator. Ethereum can do stuff like a computer. So Bitcoin can only transfer Bitcoin back and forth and that's the purpose of it, where Ethereum is not only a crypto asset, but a crypto commodity because it can make blockchains that can talk to each other and add value through tokenization. Um, so that even takes it a step further. It's a connected virtual machine where you can use the computing power. Um, get your head around that for a few minutes and the, and the ideas can be endless. Um, and that's why consensus is so um, vital to the growth of blockchain because their incubators like Kaleido and other companies have to start somewhere. And that's where they're like born out of these great ideas. So new business cases will be coming up. Hopefully it won't be a dot-com bubble that will burst, but um, something reliable that we can work on in the future. Um, and that's basically uh, a summary of what uh, blockchain is. Um, I don't know if Narish is on the call right now. Yes, he is. So I'm going to turn it over to Narish, who's going to talk about actual, like the blockchain's jobs and the skills needed for those jobs. So the Indian uh, Blockchain Institute is teaming up with BC Employ, which again, you can go to our website after this um, session. We're gonna have three other sessions after this. The website is www.bcemploy. Um, if you click on the last tab for training, you can go right into the um, Indian Blockchain Institute's uh, learning management system where you can sign up for great classes or just read about the classes. Um, but we do suggest you get your name in that learning management system to get um, notifications of new um, opportunities for um, learning. So I am going to be quiet for a while and I'm going to let Narish take over. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, it was a wonderful presentation. Uh, you tried to explain uh, blockchain in simple words. 
so good mo- uh, good morning good e- afternoon and good evening everyone so right now for me it's little early it's 4 or uh, 5 uh, 5 am in, in india here uh, so bobby would you mind sharing the presentation i'm not able to see it bobby you're on mute okay i can see it now so i, I think uh, you ran uh, through the presentation without uh, ppt but you covered it very well uh, all right so initially I, i'll talk about uh, blockchain adoption what's really uh, happening in this space uh, it as per gartner or idc and many other uh, reports blockchain is at interaction point any new technology goes through hype cycle first it goes up there's a lot of a lot of buzz word lot of research then it starts coming down and uh, it starts getting matured and 2020 21 these two years in fact 21 so we are actually at the plateau of uh, this curve and here on uh, onwards it's going to uh, start maturing so adoption is happening at a very fast rate and uh, as bobby uh, started talking about blockchain is a ecosystem play where you you need a grand, like big infrastructure because uh, no company no business can work independently and uh, for that infrastructure governments across all over the world have started uh, making strategy have started uh, implementing uh, uh uh creating policy and started in creating infrastructure so governments across uh, uh, in india so, uh, recently i just uh, read the news 21 uh, uh, state legislative uh, pass some policy for blockchain china has uh, adopted uh, and uh, came out with their policy about two years back and uh, europe also has uh, came out their uh, europe uh, blockchain strategy about a year back and many many other countries uh, have come out with their their strategy and the maximum adoption is happening uh, in what areas let me talk about some of the use cases so finance is or fintech uh, is uh, the number one uh, uh, space where maximum adoption is happening in the first there the first where uh, adoption has started happening and tokenization related to that tokenization is uh, a major major thing which is happening which is changing the scenario completely so there are two kind of uh, blockchain network one is blockchain public uh, um, public blockchain network second is a private uh, or permission blockchain network Pri- permission blockchain network is mainly for enterprise and public is mainly for uh, tokenization and tokenization changing the scenario across fintech industry and uh, enterprise is uh, where uh, trade finance supply chain and all of that is uh, making a uh, big difference now let's understand the job scenario what is uh, there globally it's because as blockchain uh, blockchain adoption has started uh, increasing at a very fast rate it has also started uh, opening the job market as per the linkedin report in 2020 blockchain has been ranked uh, among the top hard skills 
mixed is it a, uh, it's a, it's a top hard skill uh, as for them and them and uh, the demand is increasing year by year up to five times maximum job openings are in usa new york and san francisco uh, as for the us is concerned in other countries london berlin singapore hong kong uh, and india is also increasing at a very fast rate i can say that uh, average salary in usa for blockchain developer is uh, almost 1.4k 140k and uh, in asia is little less uh, almost uh, 90000 in europe is again uh, in the same range uh, 70 5000 uh, in us it's quite higher and uh, this numbers what you say so there are various report that uh, is available in various reports and uh, the data is collated from all of that and uh, it may not be very accurate these are just numbers published by uh, different uh, uh, places so the data may not be very accurate and the trend wide what is seen because we are getting a lot of inquiring and replacing the Uh, like we are servicing our customers we we know that in fact uh, the salaries are higher than this according to me makes not uh, low actually and uh, because uh, this number is little older say so 2000 uh, late 2020 but right now because the adoption is increasing at a fast rate resources there is a crunch of resources and uh, uh, like demand is uh, so much that price has increased so this number in fact is much higher and the roles uh, uh, what you see where it's going mainly it's a uh, uh, um, blockchain engineering side operation side and there are some uh, requirements coming on uh, design sales and marketing side uh, so i'll i'll talk about the roles uh, in more detail in the next slides uh, as i mentioned finance is leading and 20% of the job 28% of the jobs are coming in that space and followed by in fact supply chain now would say the number 2 uh, healthcare energy and food and the biggest employers globally what we see is uh, ibm deloitte accenture cisco uh, these are some of the companies uh, consensus is another company who are the big employer in fact they have a, a purely blockchain uh, company and uh, they have more than 800 uh, employees in that company uh and like that many big exchanges like finance uh, uh like that they they also are high and like uh, uh, they are the big, uh, very big employers and the uh, maximum big employers are exchanges development companies mining firms they account for 85% of the professional employees uh bobby can you go to the next slide okay so let me some, spend some time here it's better to understand uh, what are the job, uh, kind of job roles blockchain is a very complex technology i would say it's not easy to understand and uh, that is why uh, even the project manager or a sales guy it's not it's, it's not easy for them to execute the project or sell uh, blockchain technology Uh, without really having understanding of uh, anything understand any understanding of blockchain so that is why you see that uh, here it says blockchain consultant blockchain architect blockchain uh, legal consultant blockchain sales or writer uh, or data scientist 
because uh, it requires at least some understanding to play any one of, one of these kind of roles but and there is no standard as on today what a job particular job role is all about uh, you will see uh, that there are different job roles somebody would say i need a blockchain engineer somebody would say i need a blockchain developer somebody someone would say that i need token engineer crypto engineer or uh, blockchain advisor so like that there are different names but let me clarify it here so blockchain consultant or advisor or analyst they would fall in uh, the same category and these are the people who understands blockchain concepts these are the people who understands domain and in fact uh, that is a first thing what you need for implementation of uh, blockchain technology because they are the people who comes in front where uh, based on the requirement they design solution and that is uh, uh, that is the first thing what is needed and in fact uh, what we have observed that uh, companies when they uh, advertise mostly they would say that they need blockchain engineer blockchain developer but if you see the job description basically it will be more towards blockchain consultant because unless you design is to identify the right use case and design a solution you will not be able to go to that level where you start developing the solution so blockchain engineer or administrator is uh, comes at number 2 level where uh, they need to uh, actually create the uh, create the network do the setup and then after that development actually starts happening Uh, so development or smart you can say a smart contract developer or blockchain developer uh, they actually and there are two kind of developer here one is a core developer second is a application developer when you say core developer core developer is someone who actually works on the core of a blockchain framework or blockchain protocol whereas application developer is someone who creates the application uh using blockchain framework uh then crypto engineer and token engineer in fact uh everybody asked blockchain engineer and if you see uh, the job description in fact they would be needing crypto engineer token engineer and that is one is the biggest in demand as on today because tokenization is increasing the applications related tokenization is increasing at a very very fast rate you must have heard about nft so non fungible token digital art right so that is one of the use case of uh, uh, tokenization okay so cryptocurrency bitcoin and ethereum and all of these you must have heard all of these again it's crypto token and uh, it's a tokenization which is using blockchain as a technology so uh, that is where the maximum buzz is or maximum application which is happening and that is what is going to impact our uh, financial industry in a very big way it is changing the scenario the way businesses are being done and you will see that impact slowly and slowly next 5 years or 5 to 10 years 
big in, uh, uh, finance industry will have to major overhaul because of this tokenization and uh, blockchain technology. So next uh, is blockchain architect. In fact, blockchain architect uh, comes in the beginning uh, before even you start uh, engineering the project or uh, developing the project. Because once you identify the use case, you're supposed to create an architecture. You're supposed to know uh, oh, how many nodes, how many organizations are required. Okay, how they're going to connect with each other. What framework do you need to use? Uh, whether it should be a public blockchain or it should be a private blockchain, permission blockchain. Uh, so how the permissioning will happen. And it, it's a complete architecture needs to be created. Uh, so architect plays a big role where architect is supposed to have a good understanding of uh, 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 multiple framework. They should have a good understanding of uh, the blockchain concepts and different frameworks. So uh, cons blockchain consultant is a subset of architect. Architect is a next level. And architect is someone who actually has worked on multiple technology, has played some kind of role in uh, architecting uh, uh, and, or doing the architecting kind of work in the past. So blockchain quality engineer or tester, that is uh, something right now, the demand for that is low, but it's going to increase. As more and more adoption is increasing, uh, you would be needing quality engineers or tester uh, for blockchain. Blockchain legal consultant attorney is another uh, uh, area where uh, uh, attorneys are required to really understand uh, the legal implications when it comes to tokenization or when it comes to legalization of smart contract or any other thing. Uh, and uh, uh, there's another uh, uh, one is BAS, Blockchain as a Service Operator. So there are many blockchain managed service provider. And uh, uh, generally, we, like many of the network could be based on, uh, on these uh, managed services. So operator is someone who's supposed to uh, basically manage those networks. It, it, this is one of the skill which is going to increase going forward. Same way blockchain generalist or writer, they are supposed to have uh, a good understanding so that they can start writing. Same way blockchain sales, project manager, cybersecurity, market research, data scientists. So all of these people are supposed to have some understanding of blockchain so that they can play that role and more effective in any, uh, in their own area. Uh, okay, can you go to the next slide? Bobby? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so right now, the biggest demand, as I mentioned, is uh, blockchain developer. And blockchain developer, it includes uh, uh, crypto token as well. So blockchain developer, uh, it, uh, uh, there are multiple different kind of developers, but depending upon the framework. 
like Solid developer, Chinko developer, Coda developer. Uh, so that is a, uh, these are different framework. When you say you want to be blockchain developer, so in what for what kind of framework? Uh, so it's for Ethereum or it's for Hyperledger or it's for Coda. Same way, uh, when you want to become a consultant, so consultant, uh, I would say there are two main areas here. One is uh, enterprise blockchain consultant. Uh, second is tokenization. So I'm putting these uh, putting these in two different specific categories: enterprise blockchain consultant and tokenization consultant. So tokenization mainly is for public blockchain. Enterprise blockchain consultant is uh, for enterprise applications. So uh, in that again, you're supposed to understand or learn uh, what are the different uh, frameworks. If I talk about enterprise blockchain, so in, under Hyperledger, there are various uh, frameworks like Fabric or Sawtooth or Indy or Besu, like Coda is there. Uh, even Ethereum Forum is there. When it comes to tokenization, uh, then there are various uh, uh, platform, public pl uh, platform is there. Uh, for example, Ethereum, Cardano, and uh, uh, like that. Then it, it comes to a blockchain engineer. So blockchain engineer, again, uh, they are supposed to have a good understanding of blockchain uh, in terms of uh, various uh, frameworks out there, and they work differently. So Fabric is there, Ethereum is there, Coda is there, Indy, Besu, like that. And then uh, blockchain architect, uh, so which is uh, uh, which cut across uh, multiple uh, technology or multiple frameworks and tools. So these are the four major prominent uh, uh, areas where blockchain uh, uh, jobs are available. Okay, can you go to the next slide, please? See, it, it just talks about, again, uh, these numbers are from uh, uh, internet. Uh, so I cannot really say high accurate these numbers are, but I can say one thing, it shows the trends. The blockchain market is growing at a very, very fast rate. And uh, blockchain developer engineers are maximum demand and they are actually demanding a very high salary. In USA up to 200K they're getting. And uh, uh, Asia, in China, Hong Kong, Singapore, in India, the salary is a little less but it's still very high compared to any other uh, technology what we see. Uh, can we go to the next slide, please? Okay, so here I'm gonna talk about uh, the trading programs, so what are being mapped, is the mapping has been done as per the job roles. Okay, and uh, blockchain consultant, blockchain developer, blockchain administrator, and blockchain architects. So these are the areas where my maximum job openings are there. And uh, uh, once may, uh, the programs are according to these uh, different job roles, and uh, if any one of uh, you do that, in that case, you can make uh, your career in that uh, for that particular job role. But it doesn't mean that by uh, joining any of these programs, you cannot have a different job roles. So it depends upon your... Uh, uh, skill set, your interest, and uh, your uh, your past experience will make a difference here. So, uh, can we go to the next slide, please? All right. 
See, if I talk about the blockchain developer, there are two different programs, but here we, we, we have, uh, we are open here. One is on the Ethereum development, Ethereum framework, and second is on a Hyperledger fabric. And uh, these two programs, if we cover, in fact, 70% uh, or 80% of the uh, development work uh, or job requirement would be actually covered by these two programs. If I talk about uh, blockchain administrator, uh, uh, so we are offering a blockchain fabric administrator program. And uh, in fact, that will also cover when it comes to administrator administration, uh, 50, 60%, 60% of the requirement will be covered here. And uh, same way, um, blockchain architect, which covers uh, across uh, uh, Ethereum, Hyperfabric, and a uh, few other areas, Coda, and also all that he talks about. It covers the concepts. So uh, it talks about development area, it talks about administration area, and uh, it talks about multiple frameworks. And in all of these programs, so we have uh, blockchain concepts, we have depending upon uh, and uh, focus is more uh, if it is development focus is more on development side if it is admin focus is more admin side with architect it's more on uh, uh, it, it it covers all all of the areas and uh, in all of them uh, in all of these programs we have a caption project uh, we talk about uh, uh, basically we take uh, one of the use case uh, uh, and we develop that use case so these programs, uh, uh, like uh, we have given the mention the hours here, you can uh, visit uh, this website bcemployee.indianblockchaininstitute.com. You can sign up over there. You can see all the details of all the programs, and uh, uh, and uh, know about uh, more about this program when pricing is given over there. And uh, if you if you feel interested, you can uh, uh, sign up uh, for any one of the programs. So these programs uh, we are targeting to launch. Uh, uh, like we'll be, uh, these programs will be conducted on the weekends, so that uh, uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, starting at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, that's the plan. But uh, you can visit uh, the website and see uh, if you want to understand more, and we can uh, connect uh, uh, so that we can help you out with the uh, whatever information you need. So Bobby, uh, so this is what I want to say. Uh, if uh, any question, uh, I'm happy to take up that question. Yeah, we're going to go into questions and answers in just a second. I just want to pull over uh, the website for people to get information at. It is uh, www.bcemployee.com. Uh, we list current jobs from major companies. We're going to make this an automatic feed from their um, news feeds for jobs so that it will be current and up to date. Uh, we also have a tab for um, if you're interested in becoming a partner with this website to post your jobs. Um, we have an information about that. Um, also, we have our contact information. Um, and then we'll put the uh, presentation that we just did as well as all the information and links from the chat on this Opportunity Seeker page, um, which is basically a summary of what we talked about tonight, leading up to our next um, event, 
which let me go back to the slideshow. Um, if Jim wants to uh, discuss for a moment, that would be great. Um, Jim, are you there or not today? I don't know if he's uh, available today. So we're going to just move along the slide. Let me see if I can click it from here. Yep, let me go back. So up and coming events, uh, Jim is gonna host the next uh, BC employee event and that is going to be geared more towards filling your pipeline um, and how that's gonna happen. We're gonna have speakers, um, again, guest speakers that will be interviewed for that one. And then the final one is going to be um, a Princeton meetup that I'm going to host in person in Tiger Labs on Nassau Street in Princeton. Um, but we will also feed it uh, Zoom, so it will be a hybrid meeting. Um, there we're going to discuss um, how to market yourself um, and we're going to have other speakers come in um, as well. And then the final session is going to be a job fair where um, all the great companies that have talked and all the great people who want to jump in um, whether they're started their training, finished their training, or, or thinking about their trainings, um, can join um, the companies at their tables and discuss the jobs that are available. And if your skill set is in line right now to apply, um, or if you need to work on your uh, training skill sets. Um, also, we mentioned uh, earlier with the mentorship program, the giving chain, again, we're just starting. We need everybody. We need community builders, we need UX designers, we need salespeople, marketing people, graphics people, we need developers, we need anyone from a social service organization um, that would like to see if this use case fits their need. Um, again, we're just getting started and this project's gonna run till November. We're gonna meet just about every week. Um, it's listed in the Hyperledger calendar, our meetings, as well as on the meetup for Princeton's blockchain. Um, so please join. Our next meeting is next Friday. So that is available for people to join. And Maria, I think uh, Jim may have jumped on here and he might be able to just weigh in about the Boston meetup. Yeah, hi, um, Jim here. And I just, yeah, basically Bobby did cover it correctly. I'm putting together a, a panel of, in a sense, recruiters who can talk to, in a sense, building a roadmap for your own blockchain opportunities, what the process is, try to help you set expectations, that kind of stuff. So that's briefly what session two on the 29th would be. Thank you. And now I'm going to turn it back over to, uh, oh, let me go back, uh, John for Q&A. Okay, if anyone would like to go ahead and uh, let me know that you'd like to ask a question of Naresh or Bobby, or I don't know if we have our panelists still on, but let's go ahead and just kind of talk a little bit about it here. I know I've seen some questions about, uh, kind of the startup ecosystem. So Daniela, if you're on, maybe you can touch base on the startup ecosystem a little bit more. I would definitely recommend you go and check out a lot of the special interest groups in the vertical that you're looking to do a startup. So if you're looking to do something around identity management, you know, go ahead and check out a special interest group there. And I would just say, you know, 
go on to the hyperledger.org website and there's a lot of good uh, deep dive you can do, but it's definitely very supportive of the startup ecosystem. And I think, you know, Kaleido is a, you know, smaller organization and they can just talk about, you know, how they're doing with that type of environment. Uh, let's see, what other impact of low code, no code platforms? So maybe I'll turn that one over to Naresh. What is your thought about that as far as its impact on Hyperledger? Uh, okay, so uh, so let, let me understand the question once again. Uh, this question is from whom? Uh, this is from Mike and he sent it to me directly. So Mike, if you wanna come off mute and just ask your question directly to Naresh, that'd be great. Yeah, can, you, can, can I be heard? Yep, uh, we can hear yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, I'll just repeat the question uh, verbally, but uh, what kind of impact do you think low-code, no-code platforms will have on current and future projects in the Hyperledger space? Uh, okay, so see, th there's a need for a uh, uh, different kind of framework and uh, there are uh, like many frameworks which are available right now and coming up uh, uh, every uh, now and then we uh, come to hear, uh, came to, come to know that new framework uh, comes up. So Hyperledger uh, under that umbrella project, the multiple frameworks fabric is uh, on the top and there are various projects uh, under that uh, uh, which are going on globally. And the uh, outside uh, Hyperledger other than uh, there's a Coda. So when, I talk, when we talk about uh, enterprise blockchain applications, any kind of majority of the enterprise applications are covered uh, uh, under uh, this permission blockchain, which, which is mainly, uh, I would say is uh, by Fabric and Coda. So any new project related to enterprise, anyway, it's going to be uh, mainly in uh, Hyperledger as a project under that umbrella or uh, Coda. But if when it comes to tokenization, tokenization, uh, uh, Hyperledger does not really uh, cover uh, tokenization, it does not support that as of now, but they are actually working in that space too. Uh, so it's mainly the Ethereum or derived uh, um, blockchain framework based on Ethereum. So there are many which are there and uh, uh, they, they are uh, uh, they are going to work independently. So when it comes to any kind of jobs, it's going to be in both the spaces. I hope uh, it answers your question. Yeah, uh, uh, I'd like to add to that. Um, and yeah, you know, Naresh, you're right, tokenization, there's a bunch of tokenizations. There's just a, a project with the smart token um, SDK that is now in Hyperledger Labs for Fabric. And certainly with Bezu, there's a lot of uh, projects, including eTeller, for example, which is a project that came out of the capital market SIG, where they've um, coded out a synthetic uh, token for uh, the Ethereum uh, blockchain. But um, on the question, Mike, that you had around low code, no code, um, you know, think of it, you know, like 
back in the days when people were developing websites and we didn't have WordPress or you know any of the other user tools that makes it really easy for people to develop you know websites, um, there's always going to be a need for developers who have deep expertise at the protocol level, at the you know SDK level, at the API level, etc. Um, but as these um, technologies get adopted and they get matured, there's going to be a need for applications at the business logic level. So, um, and that gives an opportunity for business analysts who are not developers um, to be able to work with blockchain technologies to do that. So I think that's your question, Mike, maybe you can clarify if I'm wrong about that. But my take, um, and we're seeing um, blockchain platforms in our own ecosystem. We have folks like Simba Chain, for example, um, as well as Chainstack, um, Kaleido, um, where their focus is building an application layer for the business analysts that are going to be running the, you know, not as administrators to the blockchain networks mm -hmm. or developers of the blockchain, but actually of running the running of the networks. Um, so is that answer your question, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that pretty much covers it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a, a couple ecosystem players that you might see, and Simba Chain is actually hiring, and as is Kaleido. And I, um, uh, I just saw that two more two more job posts were uh, um, uh, approved over on our job site, and they're looking for developers for their platform. But a lot of the solutions that they have for the the ecosystem or for for their customers um, are, you know, what many would call low code no code type of applications. Yes, yeah, so I would like to add here. Uh, so as uh, more and more uh, applications or platforms are coming, uh, in fact, uh, uh, the enterprises or companies can adopt those. And in fact, does not require any development work. You can start using them uh, as it is. The only thing that you might need to do some kind of integration with your existing application. But otherwise, uh, in fact, for that, they also uh, expose APIs. And by connecting your uh, existing applications, you can start communicating with that uh, blockchain network and uh, start using it. So that's a trend, and uh, that is uh, that is how it's gonna be going forward. Uh, uh, so in fact, uh, low and uh, very uh, less development would be, uh, work would be required. Uh, okay, I can see there. Uh, this one question related to any training for consulting. Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, the one of the role, which is a blockchain consultant, blockchain analyst. And in fact, uh, uh, that is uh, what even uh, uh, Daniela is, was talking about. That uh, according to me, that is uh, very, very important uh, right now. Because if you identify use case, unless you identify use case uh, and start taking a decision whether you want to implement blockchain or not, uh, you cannot really do any kind of development work. So there's uh, some kind of design thinking is required. Uh, say there's some kind of uh, analysis required in terms of identification, the right use case, because blockchain cannot be implemented everywhere. Blockchain is also not the solution for every problem. So identification of the right use case, and then uh, uh, designing the solution around that. And in fact, uh, there can be so many different use cases in the company where you should uh, spend your energy and time where you're going to get maximum return on investment. 
so that's a role of a consultant and a very very important uh, role which comes on the top according to me uh said so the other questions if you're interested and have the bandwidth david me yeah one one question i'll just highlight naresh is uh lanchel had a question about will the trainings courses help a non technical person transition into a technical career and i think there there's such a wealth of training materials that's offered through hyperledger and the hyperledger training uh partners that i think you know being able to get skilled up for a blockchain career is something that's definitely in the cards but you just have to dive into the training materials and maybe even bobby wants to highlight a little bit on that as well yeah two things just to highlight and i'm going to share my screen again um one is um on our website the learning dashboard it connects um to the learning management system at the indian blockchain association so if you're just interested in learning more about the specific trainings and what they do um this is a great interface it talks about all the different programs if you click on one of the programs depending on my internet connection it shows you how many hours the schedule for it how to enroll in it um so this is a great resource if you're interested in diving more into getting um a certification and again having a certification on your linkedin profile which is a, a live resume now um is a great opportunity also though i'm going to do this quickly um is the learning materials development working group at hyperledger and i'm sure that every other um company like consensus and um corda have working groups have special interest groups and have learning materials on their website this is the wiki site for hyperledger so it's more of like an internal playground um i play there all the time this is the learning materials development working site what it does it uh teaches you how to become a member, how to get a Linux login, how to edit a wiki page. Um and also in our it shows you how to join a meeting. So again, there's different working groups like the identity working group that's cross sector working on the identity issue in blockchain. You have performance and scale issues, again learning materials um need to be collected. We have a resource library that has information developed by the community stored and um indexed organized for you to um at your fingertips um and again the special interest groups is where it is the easiest place to onboard and get involved in the community and that goes for consensus working groups corda working groups hyperledger working groups um and i will um highlight the working group um jim has the is the chair of the public sector working group and basically that's governments coming together and discussing um issues and problems that they may have why would that work um so each one has its own page you can um there's your join button you can join the group um i'll go back to learning materials just to show you so any special interest group you're interested in learning more about if you go to the special interest groups homepage there's a subscribe button when you do that you'll be um getting the emails um about the meetings that they're having and if you're ever interested in joining a meeting we have meetings every day they're open to the public 
please just, uh, I encourage you to join the learning materials working group um, because that's where you're gonna learn the most. Um, but if you go to the main Hyperledger wiki page, um, the menu down the left has a calendar of public meetings. And this is so cool. Every day it has what meetings are happening. So um, today there's one more meetup, um, it's ours. Uh, we're still active, so it's still on there. Um, tomorrow there is a sawtooth meeting if you're interested in that blockchain. There's also the um, diversity, civility and inclusion working group. That's a working group that's based, um, whose basis is to develop um, techniques to onboard diverse uh, community members and to get everyone working together um, in a non-threatening environment. Um, so again, any interest you have, these are open meetings. You would just click, copy the Zoom link at the time and just join the meeting. So again, I didn't um, hope I didn't take up too much time with that lengthy explanation, but again, all of the companies have working groups to join. They have uh, learning materials um, available for you. Um, I have been in the Hyperledger community for a little over three years, and it is the best education I never paid for um, compared to the ones that I did pay for, which was lots of college. Um, so again, if you're, you're willing to learn um, and donate some time, that's one avenue or you know, get the training, look at the training programs. Um, get certified because that goes a long way as well. Uh, I would like to add another uh, uh, point here. Uh, so, uh, so the question what you're talking about, whether uh, the programs can help uh, a non-technical guy to become uh, a technical. Uh, so here, you don't have, first of all, you don't have to really become a technical guy, uh, being a non-technical guy, unless you want it. Of course, anybody can become a developer uh, at any age. That is a uh, 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 matter. But you don't have to really become a technical guy. So when I see that, so uh, of course, it requires a good understanding of blockchain uh, concepts. So when you get deeper, the uh, subject is so vast, it takes a lot of time. And uh, when you really understand as a non-technical guy, in your domain area, in your uh, industry, you can really think uh, very in a different way. Your thinking can be broadened and uh, uh, then you can come out with the solutions which can help your own company or your own business to perform better or uh, to implement that solution. So you don't have to really become a technical guy. Just attending, like uh, doing this program, you can become a blockchain consultant, advisor, or... Uh, uh, analyst and uh, still you uh, remain as a non-technical guy uh, just to uh, answer that yeah. question thank the you thing so i'd like to highlight uh lancel if you want to jump in there and ask your question then i'm going to highlight something posted in the chat so go yes. ahead yeah i just want to say thank you that was a very uh, detailed explanation on the question but i just want to clarify the reason i was asking is because my background is in project management so I'm not sure how to transition into the industry. So it's like, because it seems it's a very technical industry. So that's why I was asking between consulting or just leaning, you know, all the way into blockchain uh, um, developer or engineer. That's why, I, that's why I'm not sure uh, which uh, way. 
So, so let, let, let me clarify this answer uh, in a different way as well. Uh, in last couple of years, uh, in fact, uh, we have trained maximum guys uh, who are non-technical. And when I say non-technical, people are from different backgrounds, uh, whether they are from finance industry or supply ind chain industry, healthcare industry, uh, they are from even government, uh, project management side, and uh, they have never done coding in their life. And, and, and in fact, and when we did this program for those people, we focus purely on the business side. When you say business side, understanding uh, uh, the concepts of blockchain, what really blockchain is all about and how it can help a business. That is very, very important. And that is when once you have that understanding, you can perform your role in much better way. Suppose you have done project management and you are implementing some project which is a related project uh, uh, related to uh, blockchain. Uh, in, in that case, you're supposed to really uh, understand what are the nuances of blockchain, what are the different terminology, how it helps, how it works, and how uh, different uh, uh, resources in that space, how they think, uh, and what kind of challenges they can face. Understanding, having that kind of understanding can help you in performing your role much better way. If you, even if you're uh, from a different uh, industry and do project management, uh, non-IT, non uh, in that case, you have to really decide whether you want to get into the project management of IT or blockchain. In that case, having this kind of understanding or learning can help you to perform better. And I'm also going to add, um, please come out for the giving chain um, meetings. We take, um, when we did the project in 2019, we had uh, six checks, checkpoints that we worked through to build the project. Three out of the six checkpoints are purely business. It's building relationships. It's project management. It is, um, you know, calling people up from food banks or from uh, the American Red Cross, or it's building um, solid business models. And that is just project management. And every blockchain project needs an equal support for the business side than the technology, technology side. I know at Hyperledger, we find the best projects are the ones that reach across um, from the developers into the special interest groups to actually solve um, a project and they all need managers. Perfect. Thank you so much. And you're going to, the, the link out, I'm going to find the link to the event you're talking about or. Yeah, Bobby will post a link to the next event in Boston in the chat. Uh, the other thing I was just going to highlight is Lindsay, thanks for posting that uh, notice about the community meeting that you have coming up there. And I really want to highlight that Hyperledger is always very open and welcoming to new community members. And I think Lindsay's post really highlights that. And so anyone who is new to the Hyperledger community, I welcome you to, you know, take Lindsay up on, you know, joining one of these special interest groups or like Bobby talked about, come into the Hyperledger Learning Materials Working Group meetings 
or even go and visit the website and just check out all the great content that's out there. And Bobby's done a wonderful job of really building out that content to make it a very useful page. Okay, I have a question as well. Uh, kind of similar to the question that was previously asked, but with a, uh, a background outside of blockchain, you know, for example, I have a business analyst role, so I have experience with like NetSuite. I've also done insurance sales. How does one craft a resume and what kind of resume system are these companies running? And what are you looking inside of a resume and CV to kind of give you that wow factor that you guys are looking for? Uh so I can take up this if uh, someone else is there who wants to take up this question from an uh, employment point of view. Yeah, I would just say that. Uh, okay, so go ahead, Naresh. You you can go, yeah, please, go, go for ahead, it sorry. and uh, answer that question. Uh, okay, uh, all right. So uh, I would say one thing here. Uh, you can be from any background, and I'm trying to. Uh, answer this question that uh, understanding of blockchain concept is very, very important for identification of the right use case and implementing the solution. Most of the companies today, uh, whether it's uh, IT or non-IT, even I'm, I'm talking about even IT companies, they do not really understand what blockchain is. And everybody needs to understand what blockchain is, what, what is the potential blockchain, what it can do, and how it can help the industry. When you start learning, when you start getting deeper, when you start researching, when you start uh, talking about what blockchain can do, that is when you start uh, thinking in different direction. And that is what is needed for any employer. Uh, even though you're past experience could be anything, but ultimately it's your uh, skill set, uh, your knowledge, your understanding about the concepts, understanding about the technology, which can help the company, your employer, or being a consultant analyst can help others. Uh, uh, and that is what I, I believe that companies need. Even though, as I mentioned earlier, uh, many of the companies I've seen, I did some analysis that when we see the Bujo posting, the title would this, they will say that they need blockchain engineer, blockchain developer. In fact, many of the uh, job posting, they don't need a developer. They don't need a technical guy. What they need first is a blockchain consultant, a blockchain analyst who understands blockchain technology from the concepts point of view, not from coding point of view. And if you gain that skill and you are able to articulate in your CV, then uh, that is what the companies need. Yeah, John, uh, please go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I think that that's great advice to him. And uh, I like uh, Lindsay just posted uh, certifications in the chat. So she talks about uh, or Coursera, Udemy, Block Geeks and edX is another way to uh, look at that. So I would just say, uh, you know, and Bobby will also point you to Ledger Academy for really getting those skill sets uh, to demonstrate, regardless of your background, that you have the necessary blockchain background to, you know, be hired by one of these companies. We had 
on the call earlier today or any one of the other enterprise blockchain companies that are a Hyperledger member. Okay, is there any other uh, question? Looks like Kenneth also pointed to MIT has a lot of blockchain classes and I agree with that and I've seen a lot uh, posted. And I think we're, go ahead, Bobby. The one question about um, how to, um, the best way to market yourself, uh, we're gonna go over that uh, self-branding for uh, a, a little bit of time in the third session. Um, but I would say that a lot of people now, um, LinkedIn is the standard for people. Um, if they're interested in uh, what you're up to, they will go to your LinkedIn profile. Um, you should have pictures, it should be, um, informative. It should not just be a blank, um, you know, screen. You should have a lot of information when someone goes to that page, sees it for the first time, they should be, wow, look at this person. They have a lot going on. It can be anything from volunteering um, on a project like the Giving Chain or even attending a working group and getting involved in a working group. That looks good on your LinkedIn profile. Um, Again, so LinkedIn is definitely um, a connection vehicle and the better your LinkedIn profile has, the more information it has, the more recognition you'll get. Yeah, and I also wanna highlight what Daniela talked about at the very beginning here is on LinkedIn, you can go ahead and post where you're looking for certain jobs. So if you set a broad perspective uh, blockchain job search, it will you know, be able to send you on a regular basis all the great blockchain jobs that are being recruited from on LinkedIn. So that's another great resource. I have a question here, Kenneth here. Can you, anyone hear me? Oh, yeah, sense. we can hear you, Kenneth. Go ahead. Great, thanks. thanks for asking, uh, stating my, uh, my comment. But I wonder, and it comes to Hyperledger in the blockchain, what are the resources to perhaps collaborate for uh, all domestic and international projects? We actually have been working on projects in the Caribbean and also in uh, African unions. Uh, do you have any recommendations for collaborations for these sustainable uh, projects? And they are in the areas of FinTech and healthcare and uh, uh, for the most, right? Have you any recommendations for that? Uh, I didn't get your question. John? Uh... Yeah, I think that he's asking about uh, social impact type projects. And I know that there are definitely social impact working groups with Hyperledger, and I could probably pull up and find oh, one of those to you. Yeah, may, 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 thank you. Yeah, there's a bit more than uh, social impact. We're actually developing FinTech solutions already uh, with some experience working within the healthcare and the FinTech sectors using blockchain. So we're looking for real uh, business methods, not not for, we're not looking for donation, we're looking for to use part of the existing resources. We do have about, for example, six to eight blockchain developers already uh, on the, on the uh, African continent and also in the Caribbean about two. So we're trying to collaborate and find projects and also providing training for uh, for groups, for startup and entrepreneurial groups, and, uh, and, and also some government agencies. So that's what's happening this year. So we're looking for resources to participate 
together and see how uh, keep the keep the momentum. Um, Kenneth, we have um, pretty strong regional chapters. That might be a good place for you to find, you know, other uh, other people that are working on on projects and talk about the projects. If you're trying to recruit people and support, um, so I just put the Hyperledger Africa chapter as one of the regional examples. We also have one Latino America. I know that Alfonso uh, is here and can probably share some of the work that they're doing. You know, our goal is to help connect, uh, you know, developers and projects uh, with each other so that um, you can uh, you know, share and get best practices and kind of get feedback on what you're building out. So um, do check out our regional chapters. Those, those tend to be a good place. Um, and as John said, we have a social impact uh, special interest group, um, also a healthcare special interest group. So very sector specific use cases that we're tackling in those SIGs. And those are all open um, you know, for anyone to, um, to kind of dig in as they want. Great, thanks. Yeah, yeah. We're we're at Brazil is also another place that we're working mm -hmm. on. Good catch on that. <laughs> and, okay. uh, so. Can I can I can I say sir two words uh, uh, towards uh, that social impact projects, please? Sure. Uh, uh, my name is Shiromani, and uh, I think like I met a gentleman a few years ago in Washington D.C., and he is well connected in uh, United Nations, and he is working on a social impact project in uh, Africa which is basically unbanking the banking, uh, banking the unbanking actually, that's his motto. And he gives, uh, how, the main reason is like, how do I give credit to a person who has no identity in Africa, right? So a layman who works just like $2 a day, uh, who can give them a, a credit? So those kind of um, tasks he has taken and he is using blockchain as a fundamental identity um, for those uh, um, banking, the unbanking and doing a great job. So if, if you need, I can, he is on my LinkedIn. I can point, uh, give a pointer towards him. And also I do know a couple of other projects which is going on the uh, mobile payment section um, in Africa, as well as in Mauritius and uh, um, South American countries. So reach out to me. Yeah, that's great. I'd like to invite them. And we have weekly meetings about uh, startups and entrepreneurship groups and funding in Africa. So they can also invite you or uh, anyone to those meetings as well. I can, if it's okay, can I put my LinkedIn, um, uh, uh, can I put my LinkedIn uh, URL in the, the, the chat? Yep, absolutely. Okay? Yeah, the one thing I, I wanna also highlight is, and Daniela was way ahead of me on this, is Kiva has done great work with Hyperledger and uh, they had partnered with Sierra Leone on okay. doing some very much uh, identity and payments in uh, you know sub-Saharan Africa. So definitely check out Kiva's work and they're very active in the Hyperledger community as well. Thanks very much, that's great. Thank you. And we just, yeah, and we just, just this morning, I can't remember, it was in Asia Pacific, we had a session um, specific to the topic. So I'll try to find that link too. Um, Good. And I see Alfonso posted about UNICEF innovation. So Alfonso, if you want to take and come off mute and talk a little bit about that, that'd be great. 
Um, yes, that's a group of, thank you, John. Uh, that's a group at UN that has been doing a lot, a lot of research in, in blockchain and social impact. So for Kenneth, that would be um, a good way to, to connect okay, with a multilateral, okay, besides all the data and all the links that, that have been provided in this extraordinary meeting. By the way, congratulations to you all for putting it together. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, thank you very much, Nico Velli. Uh, I will uh, and look at the information. And I have worked at the UN, so I'll reconnect and I'll just try to gather these resources together. Thank you. Yeah, and I'll just call out Mike's other question here about talking about Hyperledger Sawtooth versus Fabric for project development. And I think it depends on your use case. And the great thing about Hyperledger, it's the Hyperledger greenhouse. So there's a lot of relevant projects under the greenhouse that may be perfectly applicable to whatever type of vertical project you're doing. So I would just kind of go through the Hyperledger website and look at the project that's most relevant to your project. Okay, you guys got me fired up now. <laughs> Thanks. I have a question. So do you have anything towards enforcing uh, ocean sustainability and international waters for policy? You have, have you seen anything of that nature around? Can you repeat that? Uh, there is, um, we're seeking something which is relevant to ocean sustainability and also enforcing international policies for violations using blockchain. In, for oceans? Yes, international so, waters. Mm -hmm. There was a, a presentation here. Let me, I'm going to send you two. One thing was a, we had a, a session around uh, future humanitarian sector use cases um, and that should be posted hopefully soon on our YouTube site. Um, but there was, uh, if I recall correctly, there was an ocean plastic recycling solution that was recently presented. Um, was that with Borat? Was that a Borat Borat's project? Uh, this is the one with Wipro ocean plastics. Um, here, I'll, I'll post to it here. Yeah, there's also one. Uh, are you familiar with the company called the Plastic Bank? Plastic no. Bank. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, the Plastic Bank uh, definitely has adopted blockchain to really, especially with Haiti. Haiti's been one of their top uh, locations to really, you know, foster recycling of plastic by paying above market rates versus having it go into the ocean. Mm -hmm. And if you've bought a bottle of Windex recently, you'll see that SC Johnson is actually using recycled plastic for that uh, Windex bottle. And that's due to their collaboration with the Plastic Bank. So they're really doing great work. I know the Plastic Bank team well. And if you need a connection to the Plastic Bank, I, I'm more than glad to make an introduction. Yeah, it'd be great. Thank you. There is, we just spoke about that uh, this morning. Uh, a similar collaboration out in Kenya for running a, a solution, for a solution to run to, uh, for, for plastic recycling collection. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just post my email in here. If anyone wants to follow up after the session, just feel free to reach out to me.
And I will put the slides and the information from the chat up on the website under Opportunity Seekers. Okay, well, uh, it looks like we've gone past about two hours here, which is wonderful. And I think this has been an exceptional session. So uh, I think it, we're hitting a good place to wrap up here. And so thank everyone. I wanna thank you for attending the session today and uh, definitely take all those great links and information from today's session. Uh, Bobby will go ahead and share out any type of slide deck from the presentation. And then we'll look forward to seeing you at the next event. And Bobby, maybe you want to talk about that real quick? Sure. That, excuse me. That is the one hosted by Boston um, and Jim. And we will have um, it publicized through LinkedIn, through Hyperledger. Um, and I have um, everyone's name from the participants. And I'm going to try to find you through LinkedIn and connect with you. And, and then you will get uh, direct emails from this. Um, so also I'll put a, a information um, control on the website so you can give me your email through that um, as well to be posted um, as to the next events. But the, end, the next event is the one in the end of July. Um, and again, it'll be posted on the Hyperledger sites and meetup sites. Thank you everyone for coming and thank you, John and Danielle and, and Narish and Alfonso and Melissa and Eduardo and everyone who contributed today. Yeah, thank you everyone. Thanks John for organizing and the rest of the team. So. Thanks, really thank great. You. Merci, thank you. Have a, nice yep. Have a great day everyone. We'll talk soon, take care. You guys rock, thank you so much. Yeah.